In the past year, Kia America has experienced incredible momentum with a growing portfolio of innovative and award-winning vehicles. Moving forward, Kia is expanding to also usher in a new age of mobility for all. With the strength of a new logo, purpose, and business model, Kia is transforming itself into a symbol of innovation and sustainability. Kia is focused on becoming a leader in mobility and is charging ahead with electrification across their lineup, including the all-electric 2022 EV6, with estimated range of 310 miles depending on trim level and state-of-the-art 800V fast charge capability. But one thing will never change. Kia will continue to provide customers with world-class quality, design, and innovative technology at a great value. Inspiration is contagious. Just like Asian Hustle Network and its amazing network of entrepreneurs who have inspired many by committing to their purposes, Kia will do the same with vehicles inspired by world-class innovation. Kia, movement that inspires. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Meili Tao. Meili is LA's self-proclaimed donut princess, owner of Donut Princess Los Angeles, a donut bouquet delivery concept. She is the host of her podcast, Short and Sweet, a donut princess podcast where she explores mindset, women empowerment, and small business tips. You can find her securing the box at Donut Princess LA. She stars in the Donut King documentary as seen on Hulu and across domestic flights across the U.S. She also has her own YouTube where she visits Cambodian-owned donut shops and highlights their stories. She hopes to elevate Asian American voices and representation and vows to create a legacy for the next generation of Asian Americans. Meili, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's such an honor. Really, we're so excited to have you in the show. And I want to start off by saying thank you so much for being a part of our Asian Hustle Network Uplifted book. A lot of people love your story. That's the reason why we have it as the first chapter. So thank you so much for that. And I guess for this podcast, I want to continue off that story, right? And for the listeners who are listening, please check out the book, check out Meili's story. It's amazing. But I want to hop into things that are going on right now. I want to talk a lot of talk because recently we saw a Facebook post about a huge transition. And I want to let you talk a little bit more about that transition and what was the decision behind that? Yeah. So a lot of you guys might know me as the owner of DK's Donuts. And for those of you who don't know my story, you know, I grew up in my family's business, DK's Donuts. A little bit history is my great uncle, Ted. He actually opened up hundreds of donut shops for Cambodian refugees in the 70s and 80s. And, you know, my parents, when they came over as Cambodian refugees, they started a donut shop. And so, you know, if you can imagine me, you know, walking into a donut shop and seeing six-year-old me standing on a milk crate, helping my parents give change, sitting over there on those retro yellow and orange 70s type of chairs, like doing my homework, you know, going to Costco with my dad, picking up supplies, me in his office, him teaching me how to write checks at the age of like 10. But, you know, the family business was my life. I spent a lot of my time there on the weekends. I would help my parents. And I know a lot of you can relate if you, you know, grew up in a family business that it is literally your livelihood. You're there all the time. It's your daycare. And, you know, 
thank God for our hardworking parents who were able to create a business and support us through it all. So after I graduated from UCSD, where my mom heavily pushed me to be a news reporter and I had interned at a news station and I realized that I hated it. I came back to L.A. and I was just trying to break the news to her of, hey, you know, I, I don't think this is for me. And so at the time, my mom and my brother were like, hey, we need help at the shop. So um, why don't you come in and help again? And like, I have this very vivid memory of like me going into the shop and just staring out the window and being like, is this is this what I did? Like, I just wasted my whole college education on, you know, communications and I'm not even going to do anything with it. I'm back here again. And you know, with that, you know, I really thought, you know what, like I, I have a vision for what DK's wants. You know, I have a vision for what DK's should be. And I want everyone to know that DK's Donuts has the best donuts in the entire world. And I'm going to tell everybody about it. So, you know, I used my marketing skills and learned a lot of things along the way and pretty much blew up DK's Donuts uh, for my parents, uh, starting with the, as you guys might remember in 2013, the half croissant, half donut craze. We won't say the word, but you know, it is a trademarked pastry that I decided to be the first one in LA to make. And I think that really put us on the map. We started adding a ton of new flavors to our menu of these like specialty caliber, which include, you know, the world's first ube donut. I mean, can you imagine like trying to explain ube to a white person like <laughs> they they thought they were like oh it's it, it's an ube donut but you know it's not so along with other creative ways to express you know what i saw as comfort through food and love through food so we started incorporating lots of other items like our letter donuts and Texas-sized donuts. And along the way, you know, I never saw that there would be any end to the DK's Donuts dynasty. You know, my mom is such a hard worker and, you know, she... It, this is like her, her, her baby, you know, she's anytime anybody wouldn't show up for work. She was there all holidays. She was there. I was there. And, you know, we grinded, we hustled together as a duo. She, you know, did a lot of things in the back. I handled the front and I built a lot of relationships along the way. And, you know, last fall, she she told me she's like, you know, I I'm ready to retire and I want to sell the shop. And I obviously like was super heartbroken and was you know, so in my feelings of, oh my God, I just built this thing for the past X amount of years. This, this business has been in my family for so long. So what will life be like without it? What is my identity? Who am I even without this shop? And, you know, I spent a little bit of time with my feelings, but then I realized like, Hey, this isn't about you. This is about your mom. Like my mom is tired and Luckily, she has the common sense to, you know, understand like her body, her physical body, like she would say, like my hands hurt, my feet hurt, you know, everything hurts. And, you know, she's still doing everything in the kitchen. Like she's not really even like kind of delegating. She is delegating, but she's just in it, like doing everything as if she's like the only person working there. 
And, you know, when she before DK, she worked at other donut shops that were in my family and she was the only person to do that. That includes washing the dishes, which is like very heavy trays and everything, taking out the donuts in the kitchen, doing everything. So, you know, we found a buyer and we sold the shop. And, you know, at first we didn't really want to be public about it. And she's like, hey, you know, keep on the loan. And for me, I just kind of felt like I was living like this double life of like, you know, people be like, so how's the shop doing? I'm like, oh, it's great. <laughs> you know, but I, I, you know, I sat down with my mom and I told her like, hey, you know, in order for me to really move on, like I need some closure. Like I need to be honest with people about what's going on in my life and what I'm up to. And I just can't like continue to like just live in this silent like area. And I think that's a very Asian thing too. It's like, you don't really tell everybody your business. But for me, like, I think that there's something special about sharing this journey with a lot of other people. So, you know, I asked her to, you know, sit down with me and give a very personal goodbye slash announcement, uh, which you guys can see in the YouTube video that I posted in Asian Hustle Network, where I also tell people of these big life changes in my life. So, um, so yeah, we sold the shop. My mom's retired and, you know, it's been an interesting journey of trying to figure out what is next for me. So, you know, what I decided was, is I'm not really, you know, sure what will hold in the future, but what I am sure of is, you know, I want to make it worth what my parents had to do to come over here to America. And I want to be an entrepreneur of multiple businesses. Like I don't have to be limited to one business. You know, people are always like, Oh, it's either this or that. And it's like, no, it's, and this. So I've decided to, you know, create my own agency. I've decided to create my own in-home care business. And I've also continued to look into the mobile IV business. So really just expanding my horizons of multiple streams of income and just seeing what that's like. And in, and it's okay that it's in different industries because... I mean, this is my chance to start from like zero, which is pretty cool at this age. So I basically am exploring and navigating these waters and that's my big life change. Wow. I got chills just hearing you say, you know, tell us that story. I mean, we've read your story in our uplifted book, obviously many times. And when you're telling us in person or, you know, like through Zoom, like it still gives me chills and it's, it's so refreshing to hear and shout out to your mom for, you know, working so hard and shout out to the relationship that you have with your mom. It's so incredibly special. And you and your mom have built such an empire with DK's Donuts and creating opportunities for Cambodian refugees, right? And I'm sure that, you know, being, you know, having this this milestone and this stepping stone for you to like close down the shop or sell it, I'm sure you went through a lot of stages of like, you know, going back to your own identity. You know, who am I, right? Because you were known as the the donut princess. And and now that that's that's kind of gone, like you have to like go back and reflect and see like, who am I? Like, what do I want to do, right? And, but you're so talented, Maylee. And for, for you to go into your mom's business or your family business and see what is missing, like what we can do to improve this and for you to like tackle like the social media side and really like create these new donuts. And for those of you who have bought DK's donuts, it's so incredibly, incredibly beautiful. Like I've never seen donuts like that before and it's delicious as well. So I just wanted to say props to you and your mom for building such an incredible empire. Thank you. Yeah, definitely a huge props because I don't know, your story is 
resonates with me a lot, particularly because you're, you are right. It is like a daycare center when, when we were growing up. Right. And for a point of reference, like my parents had a appliance store that closed down last year. We didn't even get an opportunity to sell it because wow. the pandemic took us out. Right. Yeah. So like the transition period, I'm seeing my parents go through it. I kind of went through it too. I think that I want to kind of, I kind of want to elaborate more on that feeling too, of like starting from zero because it is exciting. I'm really glad that you are positive, but also it's really scary. Right. And to see like our parents go through that transition period where this is actually a bigger part of their identity as well, not just ours. Right. I was really sad when my parents store closed down last year. I was extremely sad. And like my typical Asian fashion, they don't tell anyone, right? It's yeah. more like, oh yeah, we're close. It is like, yeah, it's so abrupt. And what our generation is like, we need to talk about our our feelings a little bit more, frankly speaking, and be honest with other people, right? But like, yeah. I want to focus more about like that. What I mean, I know it's really, really recent. Like, what the initial feeling is, and it's like, oh man, like how do you how do you find your new north star and your new identity is the question i want to ask for sure and i'm sorry to hear about your parents appliance store i mean a lot of businesses did not make it through covid there wasn't even you know they didn't even get to sell it you know it's just it's just so sad how many businesses just didn't make it and it kind of you know attributes to the lack of help and the the changing world that we're in right now i believe that retail is like slowly dying, you know, it's like, look at how we order things. We order even like tissue paper on Amazon <laughs> it gets to us in two days. But, you know, I think with number one, the staff shortages that have been happening because of COVID, you know, people don't really want to work anymore. AKA they just are doing other things. Inventory shortages, they're out of certain things, whole assembly line of getting a product, you know, from elsewhere to here. And just this constant fear of like leaving your house and like, you know, going to a store. I mean, the whole thing has basically changed, but the experience of, you know, seeing my mom go through this, you know, big transition for her, like our parents are fighters, you know, that is just something that is hard for them too. And it's a lot of pride. I think that's not really talked about of, of like how prideful our parents are not in like an arrogant way, but like, Hey, I was able to do this and stick with it. And, you know, as you guys see in the YouTube video that I posted, I wasn't expecting my mom to start crying like that was out of nowhere. And I was I felt bad. I was like, oh, my God, I caused her to cry. Um, But when she was talking, you know, I think for her, it really became present that, you know, she had finally let go of a business she started 40 years ago. And this is her spending all of her time in this place, along with all the amazing people that we've met along the way. Like there are so many regulars that we call our second family and you know they've been looking for us (laughs) and um i know that she has this guy named david who calls her and she's like don't tell david he's gonna be so sad i was like mom you have to tell him sometime (laughs) but you know to see our parents go through that it's hard for them to to find their identity and to really see them like find it you know from for my mom what i've kind of seen her do is like you know i still have my donut bouquet business and so she'll offer to help you know and she'll offer her expertise and it just kind of gives her this high of like helping and contributing her what she knows but i've also seen her transition like you know she went to cambodia this past winter she's she's like still helping the cambodian community whether that's donating clothes and and supplies to you know the the really poor villages in cambodia or 
are erecting these like amazing temples and and like Buddhas that, you know, that's her fulfillment is this spirituality aspect of going back to her country and helping her people. And so I think that, you know, whether it's my parent or other parents, they'll find their way there. You know, I've seen other retired donut shop owners, you know, I'll meet up with them and talk to them and they're like, oh, we're vacationing now. We wish we did this sooner. The one thing we regret is that we missed out so much time with our family because we spent it all at the shop. And, you know, with a business, so many things can happen. You know, you can have you can be 10 o'clock at night and somebody call up for work the next day and you need that person who else is there to step up? It's our parents. And when that multiplies over and over again, like in in the pandemic, we lost like 10 employees on one day sometimes. And so it's like, those things are so hard for them because they take full responsibility for it. So to see them, to not have that responsibility anymore and to find new ventures or new hobbies. I mean, it's kind of refreshing. I never thought I would be able to see that part of them. And even just the way that, you know, I've seen her stress levels go down a lot. She was constantly stressed about the shop. And now I get to see her and she's a lot more calm. She's more relaxed and she's, you know, doing her own thing. And it's it's really great to see, like, it's true freedom at this point. And that this is something that, you know, they came to America for is, is freedom. I was just, yeah, amazed at what you were saying, because that applies to so many of our parents. And I think Brian can attest to this, too. You know, like Brian always tells me that his parents really go on vacation, you know, and I think a lot of our parents go through the same thing because they always constantly have to think about work and providing for their children and making sure they have food on the table. But once they retire, then they're like, okay, like, why didn't I do this sooner? Right. Because there's so much missed out time that they were able to have with their family, with their kids. And that didn't have that quality time until, you know, it's too late or maybe like they grow old and they look back and they say like, you know, I wish I did this sooner. So I'm so glad that your, your mom came to that realization and, Mm -hmm. you know, she deserves it. She deserves her time off. And it really is like what you say about the American dream. That is really what they came to this country for. Right. But oftentimes like a lot of our parents don't get that opportunity, right. Because they have to work so hard for their family, but it's just amazing what your mom has been through and she's so resilient and she's such a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And she's beautiful as well. I just wanted to point that out. (laughs) We can look like sisters. (laughs) Yeah. um, People, you know, we, we actually went out to lunch with my uncle Ted. He was here in America and we're at this Cambodian restaurant and the lady's like, you guys are sisters. Like, how do you do it? And I don't know how my mom does it. She literally grinded for her whole entire life. (laughs) And she looks amazing. I think it's the Asian genes for sure. Yeah, definitely. Props to your mom and finding a new identity. Um, Again, like Maggie said, very relatable watching my parents' levels, my stress levels fall dramatically. But still, like, knowing that they feel kind of sad inside. It's like, okay, what else is there in life? You know, I keep saying that. They for keep sure. saying that nowadays it's switch to we live for you guys and we want to make sure yeah. you guys are happy. The narrative has changed a little bit, right? Yes. That's part where I want to focus on you a little bit too, because I feel like between us two, we have a lot of similarities. Right, our upbringings yeah. are pretty similar. The way that we think about hustle is very similar. I, yeah. I love the fact that you you have, you have your hands in so many things, right? And I I do as well. I'm very guilty of that. So <laughs> I want to hear more about like you finding your own new identity and about this agency. Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, and just to add on to like 
I think what we don't realize as the children of immigrant parents is we are their legacy. Like their kids are their legacy and everything that we do and, you know, the grandkids that they're always asking for, you know, like we are their living legacy that they have sacrificed everything so that we could live our best lives. And I think people kind of miss the mark on that part of like, you know, the relationship between their parents. It was only until like my late twenties, early thirties that I really started to even develop a new relationship with my mom of seeing her not as long as my mom, but she's like my homie. She's like my ride or die, you know? And I think that we all forget that because we're, you know, the upbringing of us is very, very harsh. I don't know about you guys, but it's very harsh for me, <laughs> but it's really just to train us to be our, you know, be so efficient and productive and be great human beings. But, um, yeah. And to answer your other question, like, how did I find like this new kind of golden star as you, as you mentioned before? Um, well, my partner, Jesse and I, like we, we talk a lot about business. He's also super business savvy and he's definitely like helped to guide me into knowing like, Hey, there's other ways to make money than grinding super hard and grinding like, like with your hand, like, you know, like, like the, like the grimy grind, like working in a donut shop at graveyard shift kind of grind. And so he's actually, been a big inspiration for me to like work smarter and not harder. And, you know, we stumbled upon this opportunity together and I'm currently, you know, took my license and got all the credentials and I'm ready to rock and roll. And if you guys want to hear more about it, it's kind of a lot to talk about, but definitely DM me and I'd be happy to share with you. But pretty much it's finding that there's an opportunity in an industry and seeing the co the compensation structure and knowing that I have all the skills possible to make it happen, even though it's a completely new industry, that makes me feel confident that I'm going to be able to crush it in this industry. And if I don't like, cool, I tried, you know, that's just like something that I like hold myself to is like, Hey, you've got a whole new brand page, brand new page. Like, what are you going to write on it? Like you can write anything you want. Like who, who else? Like, you know, you've got so many people cheering you on, like, just give it a shot. Like, why not? And so um, that's why I'm super excited to just start this new chapter and and like just explore what else is out there. Like I've been in this like tunnel vision of donuts for, for like my entire life thinking like that's the only way I'm going to do it. But you can always reinvent yourself. You can always try something new. And I mean, we have the Internet, guys. Like this is like the thing like this is the biggest tool of mankind that we could use to our advantage. Yeah, just for clarification, what does the agency do again? Sorry, sorry, listeners would know. Yeah, so it's basically an agency for life insurance. So nice. pretty much bringing and helping families find the policies that are suitable for them. And it's really cool because I think in the past, when people have thought about life insurance, you know, they've been approached by friends and family who are kind of poaching them. These are actually leads that people who are actually interested and want it. And I think that because of the whole pandemic, people are, you know, wondering like what's going to happen when I die and what's going to happen to, you know, my friends and family when I die, what am I going to leave for them? What's the legacy for them? And so I think with the changing times and how everything's structured, that's the agency that I'm going to be creating. So I think also like, you know, if I'm confident that I can do it and never even being in the industry, why not also bring people who are interested too, who 
don't want to grind like how I did before and celebrate together when we have this new like quality of life that is provided when you, you know, explore a new industry. So I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that and for clarifying. And I mean, like I mentioned, like, I'm so glad you went through that realization because you like I, I mentioned earlier, like you're so talented. Right. And for you to like recognize it's it's about entrepreneurship. It's about like possessing multiple streams of income. It's about you can you can not only can you like build a community around donuts, but there's also other avenues and ways that you can build community. Right. And Absolutely. you can do that by building your own agency. I want to know, like, what were the things that you learned from being an owner of Donut Princess and how did you apply it? Like being a being the owner of Donut Princess, you were that was probably like your first rodeo of like entrepreneurship. Right. Or like yeah. being a first time owner. Right. <clears throat> I'm sure there were a lot of things that you had learned along the way and mistakes that you learned along the way, too. Right. Even if oh, you yeah. have your mother by your side, you know, being a being exposed to entrepreneurship for the first time, there are a lot of things that you had to learn. So now that you are a second time founder, now that you're doing this for the second time around, like what were the things that you learned from DK's Donuts and Dodo Princess LA that you were able to like apply to your agency that you're building right now. Oh my gosh. Like so much, so many things when you're a business owner, you learn. And as Gary V says, you know, entrepreneurs eat shit every day. <laughs> That's just something that you got to know that if you see these business people and they're having a great life, like they're not showing you what's going on. So, I mean, I mentioned before, you know, you've got to make sure that you know, you have the right team. I think that's like rule number one, have people who have experience on your team. Don't choose somebody who's your friend who seems like they want to, you know, help you out. Because again, what I've learned too is in partnerships, there's some partnerships that sound really good, but they're not great at all. And these partnerships, you want to basically be, put yourself in the best position possible if you're starting your own business, you want to have the right people on your team. That means like choosing the nerdiest, most experienced people and having them be, you know, right by your side, learning how much to pay people. That's a big thing that I learned. Definitely overpaid some people when I started Donut Princess and I had to learn the hard way. But, you know, a really like a thing that I learned behind that is to really solve that. It's just a conversation. And don't be afraid to, you know, explore other options. A lot of the times we're very attached to certain people or the way things have to be. But if you keep a really open mindset, you know, and kind of I think a big thing also is I guess the third thing is, you know, interview people who are in the same industry as you ask them to go to coffee or lunch and just pick their brain. You know, you don't want to be making the same mistakes that they've already made that you could kind of, you know, dodge by just asking them and doing a little bit more research to somebody who's actually already been through it themselves. Man, there's just like so much, like I'm trying to think of the best things, you know, look into your network. You know, there are, there are so many people, there's so much fear that I feel like people are kind of hiding behind of like not wanting to start or afraid to jump into an industry. And what I have to say about that is like, you know, you have a lot of tools behind you. You have a great network of people who are cheering you on. And, you know, if you just ask for help, that is a huge like piece of advice that I definitely tell people is don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, it's, I know in our Asian upbringing, it's not really kosher to ask for help. You know, you got to do it on your own, everything, but I'm telling you now it's okay to ask for help. 
And people are so willing to help you. I mean, Asian Hustle Network is like 65,000 people who are waiting to help you. So as long as you just phrase your question and be sincere about it, then anybody's down to help you. And I guess the last thing is consistency. You know, um, when I was building the social media following for DKs, I was super consistent. I started when it was zero. It's at 90K right now. And to like let that go, it was just like, like this is like a part of me there. But, you know, also just, okay, like it's it's somebody else's like new chapter too. So let them have it. But I mean, if you know any of my friends, like I remember before, you know, you could plan your posts on social media, like I would be so committed to posting every day or multiple times a day. Like I'd be like at a Vegas day club and like being like, hold on guys, I need to do this thing real quick. And I like, you know, was in the corner posting like donuts and like stories and things while I was even like having fun and doing my own thing. But that's how dedicated I was to consistency. And that is very key, especially if you guys are in the content creating world, you know, you want to hit the algorithms. You want to make sure that you're being consistent and creative. And so that, yeah, yeah, that's those are kind of my advice. But honestly, I could share like a, a lifetime's worth of, of business tips for you guys, which is why I have my podcast and I share all of the tips on there, too. Oh, my God. I love the story about you being in the Vegas <laughs> club and posting to Instagram. Yeah. I, I could totally relate to that, too. There's been many times where I'm like doing something fun where I'm just like, we're about to board an airplane or something or like wake up super early or wake up in the middle of night in a different country to make sure that we post some time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or like when there's like a really important piece of news that we have to post on AHN and like, I remember Brian and I were going on a flight and it was like about to take off and Brian's like, okay, okay hurry up, let's do this before we were taking off and like it posted like, right like before mid-air. I lost service. Like in <laughs> it's like, oh, good, done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely agree. No, but those, with, with yeah, that's okay. that's like that's the dedication that you have to be so consistent that you know you can't miss a beat. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said too. It's like mindset, find the right tribe, find the right support, having them you just taking action, right? Because that's the most important thing. I feel like most people can't break through that barrier of just taking action. That's like the first step. Mindset is the first step, then action and then consistency. Because you're not going to be able to show any sort of results if you don't stick to a plan, right? Yeah. And the other thing I want to add is, too, is the ability to think ahead and, like, know where you're going. It's, it's not just a mindset, action, and consistency. That can also be a recipe for disasters. You don't know where, where, where you're heading towards because you can go in one direction and keep going in the wrong direction because you're consistent, you know? That's also the your side. So I know I mentioned earlier that you still have multiple hustles. But what is that? Like walk us through like that, that mindset that you see where it's like, okay, I have, I, I want to start an agency. Now I'm really into passive income. Like how do you spot different opportunities and how do you know which opportunity is right for you? Well, um, spotting different opportunities just comes from like looking at the trends of what's out there, going online, doing research, asking people who are entrepreneurs themselves, what they're up to, what their margins are, what their lifestyles like. And I think a big part of choosing all those specific industries that I have chosen as side hustles is because it aligns with my lifestyle. I still want to have freedom of my schedule. I, I hated working like a nine to five. That was just 
And that just like didn't sit well with me. I want the ability to, you know, go out to lunch with my friends if I wanted to or, you know, work at a later time if I wanted to, because I can. And that is true freedom for me is to have the time for that. If my mom decides to, you know, want to have dinner with me, I don't want to say no. You know, these are moments that like are priceless. I think that time is wealth and you will never get that time back to do the things that you want to do with the people that you want to do it with. Um, if you're kind of locked to a certain schedule. And so that's a big part of why I chose the certain high side hustles that I did is, you know, I love to travel, you know, I love to have this like independent way of like living my life. And on top of that, I get bored really easily. So I like that there's a variety of things in my day that I get to do that are fun. You know, I think that it's all really fun to build and to connect and to explore. Like those are things that really help to guide me. And another thing is that you know, a big part of the side hustles that I chose is because it deals with people. I'm a very like people person. I love, you know, connecting with people from anywhere and everywhere. And, you know, I have this like strong love of my own family too. So I want to make sure that I can take care of my family. I want to make sure I can take care of myself. And I love the freedom that comes with being an entrepreneur. I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners in Asia can resonate with that fact too. You know, I, I mean, there's no, you know, hate for people who are in nine to five, because if that is your profession, you, you can also, you know, hustle in that as well. And sometimes I envy the nine to five because yeah. I, I miss the structure and it's like, you know, I have too much control over my own life where it's like, Oh God, where's my next paycheck or something. You know? I financial structure just like knowing when your paycheck is gonna come that's true that's true that is very true yeah i don't mean to bash like any nine to fivers oh no 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 you can really you can really make it if the company that you choose aligns with your goals and aligns with your values i would say like that's a big part of it who's your boss has a big part of it as well like nine to fives are great it's just not for me right yeah yeah you just kind of have to like weigh out the pros and cons and see what works for you right and everyone is different and some people you know things nine to five works better for them but yeah i think a lot of small business owners in asia can resonate with that too i mean we all want freedom in our own lives right it's nice to especially if you're close with your family it's it's always nice to have that extra quality time with your family and not being like restricted to a nine to five where you can't you know spend daytime with your family obviously so yeah i i i know i love that you came to that realization i'm kind of curious because you are such a hustler and you work so hard, you know, especially with Donut Princess, you were working late hours in the night, even if like a, an employee had to call in sick at 10 p.m., you know, you had to like scramble to see if you could find another person to cover for them. I'm sure it comes with a lot of lows, right? A lot of ups and downs. There are valleys that we go through where, you know, it, it, it just gets really hard. Yeah. And as a founder, as an entrepreneur, we go through those lows a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to know, like, how do you manage your day-to-day of just like managing those lows? And like, how do you, how do you kind of like manage your mental health as well? Because as founders and entrepreneurs, 
there's a lot that has to do with mental health. And we always have to make sure that we are operating at a point where we're happy, where we can function on a day-to-day basis. So how do you manage your own mental health and how do you kind of like do your own self-care as well? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I'm glad that this is being discussed is, you know, we don't really talk about our mental health again. You know, like I said, people put on their best face on social media and everything's fine. You know, (laughs) things are not fine. I think for me personally, I have these things that I fall back to, whether that's an accountability partner, whether that is like meditation, whether that's like just some time to spend on myself. I love doing self-care for myself. It's being responsible that when you start to feel burnout, when you start to feel low, like something bad really happened that day, you know, give yourself the time to feel sad about it, but give yourself a limit because we don't want to spend months on, you know, something that happened a day ago that is like on that day that like really impacted you, but really just understanding that, Hey, a lot of things are going to happen. And, you know, that happened to me. That sucks. I'm going to give myself like, you know, the rest of this afternoon to be really sad about it, or I'm going to do something about it tomorrow, or I'm going to do something about it later that evening. Um, I think that's a really big part of it. Having again, like people to, you know, be able to tell this to that they'll understand. Um, Luckily, I have a ton of entrepreneur friends, some that I've met through AHN, which are amazing that we get to talk about like, dang, that really sucks that that happened. Right. And it gives you this kind of like you're not in it alone. Like being an entrepreneur can be really lonely sometimes where, you know, you feel like you're going, you're the only one going through this. But in fact, other people have. It's just never talked about. So just having people in your life that, you know, you can rant to and it's okay to rant to them about it and they understand and can give you that constructive support and be there for you. I know that there are days like where I beat up myself. You know, we are our own biggest critic. We are our own biggest bully. And we're always holding ourselves to this like perfection of like, oh, I need to be like this. It needs to be like this. And I think, you know, kind of bring this whole like, you know, it didn't go that way. I'm not attached to it. Like, let's move on and let's focus on the wins. Celebrating those tiny wins, even if they're super tiny, it trains your mind to celebrate these little things that you might overlook and you might put more emphasis on the thing that didn't go well. So really celebrating everything that you do that is amazing um, and sharing that with people because that is a big part of, you know, going on this journey by yourself, but having people really watch from afar and, and seeing that, you know, I think being super vulnerable for me on social media, I mean, it's hard sometimes because I'm like, I don't do I want to tell people all these things? Like, like how much do people want to know? I don't want to like, talk at people. But the reason why I share these things is because I'm confident that another person is going through this or another person needs help in this area. That if I'm, if I have the courage to talk about it, then maybe, you know, they won't do something drastic and they'll like feel supported and they'll get a chance to move forward or they'll feel like they're not alone. And so I would say, you know, just understand that the human mind is a crazy thing that just kind of goes in a bunch of different directions, but find the thing that works for you, where it grounds you and brings you back to the present where you can just be like, all right, Maylee, let's give this another shot. 
Oh, absolutely true. Especially in the Asian community. Like we rarely talk about what's going on in our own lives, especially in our own like businesses, like like what's going on with our entrepreneurship journey. But it is so important, even from like, yes, the, 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 the aspect of like making sure that, you know, there's, if there's any other person who's going through the same thing, they can find inspiration from, from what you're going through. Right. And see what you're, what you're doing to resolve the issue. Right. But then also like the community aspect of it. It's also, you know, after you're building a community, after you built a community, you also want to feel like, or also want them to feel like they're still a part of every update that you have for your business. Right. So just like being respectful of that idea and like making sure that your community members know what's going on is really, really important. Yeah. Community is everything. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with everything. A lot of people don't see that as entrepreneurs, we're just trying to keep the ship together, <laughs> keep it from sinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's really what it is, you know? It looks like, yeah, we have like the floor lifestyle, more, more autonomy over our own life. And nowadays, I feel like we we glamorize and we're entrepreneurs a lot. It's like, oh, wow, like be your own boss, do this and that. But, you know, as real entrepreneurs, it's like, it's, it's actually really painful. <laughs> it's actually yeah. a lot. <laughs> A lot of keeping the ship together and like, yeah, it's just thank you so much for sharing that because it, it does matter to have friends and family and community there as you're struggling a lot. So thanks for sharing. Of course. So Millie, what do you hope to accomplish with building a new agency? Um, let's say like, I know you've just started it, but I'm sure you have a lot of plans and goals that you want to accomplish with the new agency. And I want to know like what you see coming out of it in like the next five to 10 years, because just knowing you and knowing what you've built with your previous ventures and your entrepreneurship journey, you are, you know, more than capable of building something amazing. And, you know, Brian and I are really excited to hear about this great news. And I, I can tell a lot of other people are really excited about it and just Hearing you become vulnerable and telling us this new update in your life takes a lot of courage, right? And I know you've been thinking about all the plans that you have. So I want to know about that too. For sure. I think um, my biggest focus this year is just hitting a financial goal for myself. You know, I think a lot of people don't know that when I was owning DKs, you know, I was actually supporting my entire family, which includes my mom, my dad, my brother. So, you know, people are like, oh, you're like, you know, super, you got a lot of money. And I'm like, actually, um, I've been supporting my family. And so, you know, the biggest thing is like being able to, to build this, this thing for me and to really build my own portfolio. But also with the agency, I get to do that with other friends and family who decide if they want to work with me, which is so cool. So there's that. The second thing is, you know, understanding how things, how like the structure of industries already occur. So for example, you know, the Donut King documentary, I think it was great that, you know, we got to tell our story, to tell Uncle Ted's story. But the thing is, is that it was kind of not really fully in my control, both in the structure of it and financially. Right. So my hopes is that I want to create my own, like my own documentary, my own movie and have that really tell the story from my lens. That's definitely another goal of mine uh, that I hope to do. 
and eventually, you know, start a family. I know that's like really like hard to even fathom for me to even say, but, you know, I look at my parents and, you know, I don't want to be an old parent. I know our parents like just like back on us all the time about having kids and like, you know, you don't really see it at first because you're just like, no, nah, I want to live my own life and like, no, nah, I want to do this. But, you know, a lot of, of which, you know, my mom sees myself as her legacy. Like, I think that a big part of my legacy is having, you know, a family and not being an old mom because. I do enjoy this whole chapter of being like a friend to my mom and my mom being my friend, we being ride or dies for each other. And it's like, if you're a lot older, I don't know how physically capable you are to do so. And you know, everything hurts and age and all of that stuff too. But yeah, my, my whole thing is again, it's, it's freedom. It's freedom to be able to do what I want when I want to do it. And, and I want to be a provider for my family um, and myself and, you know, just like, like have the world be my oyster. I think for a long time I was put under a lot of like, it has to be done this way or, you know, I'm under like my parents, like jurisdiction or what is good for the shop. You know, very, there's a lot of obligations that I had to answer to, but now I get to just like be free and do things the way that I want to. So those are my plans for the next five, 10 years. I love that so much. And I can't wait to hear about, you know, a new documentary that comes out just from your perspective and your lens, because we would totally watch that. And I love that how you're so like family oriented. Um, It's it's super important in this day and age as we see our parents grow older and we often forget that our parents are growing older as we're growing older. Right. But a lot of the things that we have today, you know, they probably opened up those opportunities for us, right? They, a lot of them immigrated here with nothing on their backs. And I think it's important for us to see that oftentimes we do, you know, you know, we don't like some of the things that we, our parents do, right. Or maybe because, you know, we have trauma as we were growing older, we have to forget that our parents also probably most likely had trauma too, their own trauma and they're going through their own, you know, identity exploration. So I love that you're so family oriented and just thinking about thinking ahead and thinking about Mm -hmm. how you can provide for your future children. Yeah. Our parents have the most trauma and they don't want to talk about it. They don't even know how to deal with it. And unfortunately, you know, I've seen the past, like there are vices like alcoholism and gambling, aka my uncle Ted. And there's things that they turn to, to like, you know, deal with that trauma or just, but for us, like, you know, at least we have the space to talk about it. We have support to talk about it if we so do choose. And so, yeah, what I, the message I have for you guys out there is like, be a little bit more kind to your parents. I know we want them to be like a certain way, but they are that way. And, you know, you gotta love them. They sacrificed everything for you to, to be here. So cut them a little bit of slack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So Maylee, we have one last question for you. And that is, if you could give one advice to an entrepreneur who is trying to refine their identity again, what would that one advice be? Hmm. I think if you're trying to find your new identity, which I just literally went through, I would, you know, spend a little bit of time with yourself to reflect and think about who you really are and who you really want to be for the world. A lot of the times, you know, when we're scrolling on the gram and on the internet, we might get clouded as to what that is, but who you are uniquely is the thing that's going to bring you the most happiness and understanding the values that you love and appreciate and, and want to kind of 
leave on this earth, you know, I think that's a big part of how I found my identity again is, you know, what's the legacy that you're going to leave, not just for other people, but for yourself. So when you die, you're like, hey, I did a good I did a good thing when I was on this earth. That's so important. Not only think about, you know, the people on this earth, but you have to be you have to make sure that you're doing it for your own happiness, too. Yeah. Love that so much. So where can our listeners find out more about you and your new agency online? Yeah, I mean, you guys can just follow along on my Instagram at Maylie Tao. That's M-A-Y-L-Y-T-A-O. I'm also still the donut princess, still sending out donut bouquets. So if you want to send a donut bouquet, it's at Donut Princess LA or DonutPrincessLA.com. I have my podcast short and sweet. I'm doing themes this year. So this theme is going to be authors. So if you guys are a new author or just looking to explore the space definitely check it out and yeah you can find me on facebook and dm me i'm happy to chat love connecting with people and thank you again so much for having me today amazing we loved having you on our podcast and for our listeners if you want to learn more about Maylee's story or read her whole story just check out the uplifted book it's called uplifted journeys of abundance community and identity and Maylee is the first chapter so check it out Thank you so much, Bailey. Such an inspiration and honor to have you in the podcast and hear your story. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you guys so much. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.